Hello and welcome to this next episode of 49 Plus. Um, just trying to adjust the microphone as I'm walking along on a disused golf course. So one that's gone into disrepair. It's a shame really. It's uh, You can still see the essence of a course. Not really anymore actually. Maybe the way the trees are aligned. But no sense of where fairways would have been or even greens. Tea boxes a little bit because it's on the side of a hill, so you get a sense of those spaces. But yeah, a bit of a shame. I think it's been like this for a few years. Where I ended up this morning bringing Ziggy for a walk. And even that was a bit of a struggle, only because I decided to walk, go somewhere different. And we sort of driving around to different places to look. But now it's a park. And eventually park somewhere. I think there must be quite some footpaths near here. I'll park on the side of the road here. Then as I was getting out of the car, Jogger came past. I said, Jogger. And she's saying, well, they do ticket here, as in parking attendants come through and give tickets. So, I thought, really, on a Sunday? Because <sighs> today is a Sunday. Sunday. Bloody Sunday. And um, so, anyway, Moot came round to this place here, and he's gone right back down there. So, Ziggy, yes, has ran right off back to where he found a bone. So, I'm heading back towards the car. I've had a fairly lengthy walk around here, around these parts. Um... The downside is, I was just kind of walking back up there, I seem to have lost his lead. That I'm a little bit annoyed about. So I had it wrapped up in my pocket, and I went to put this lead back on again as I was getting near the car, and it wasn't there. So I've walked back at least some of the way where I've been walking, in the hope I might find it, but I haven't found it. I wonder if at least I'll walk over that way, near where I started off. To see if it's something that even fell out of the pocket early on. Otherwise, I'll have to come back another time to look for it, or more likely, I'll have to let that one go and buy him another lead. Uh, so, anyway, good morning, or indeed good afternoon, depending on you listening to this, whoever you may be. Um, so, yesterday is a Sunday, Sunday the 7th of March, and say, so catch me towards the end of a walk. So, what will happen at some point, I will. Get back into the car. I'll attempt to keep this recording just so I can just keep yabbering on. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. What kind of subjects may come up in my head as we talk through. Apart from maybe if I once back in the car and I get a chance to have a look on the phone before I start driving. Um, we've had some answers in. So what is sometimes the case in some of these episodes is I do throw out some questions, things that occur to me that I wonder about, things that I then don't necessarily choose to go and look up. It's partly because I think I'm quite okay with, um, what's the word, tolerating uncertainty or ambiguity. Ambiguity? Ambiguity, that was it. (laughs) Ambiguity. (laughs) Ambiguity. Uh, Therefore, happy not knowing answers for a bit. Which I think that at the time of Google... Other search engines are available, um, has made us less able to sit with uncertainty for as long. We feel need to sort of find the answer because we can. We can go, well, I can just stop right now, Google something, and there'll be the answer. So, um, but then we're sort of that, that, that space of wonder, wondering, pondering is taken away. Hence, I will ponder and wonder, and then answers will sometimes come through from different channels. The most reliable one so far is my main listenership and indeed assistant, 
who for now we'll call Dave, <laughs> who has been on the case and has told me some answers. So I'm going to reveal those to you in a second. And by answers, these are answers to questions thrown out in earlier episodes. So if you are new to this podcast, first of all, welcome. don't think we're getting that many new people at the moment, let's be honest. But you never know, there could be a point at which somebody stumbles upon this and wonders, what's this all about? You mean you haven't listened to the trailer? That's right, folks. I think on the last one, I intimated I was going to record a trailer. I did that straight away in the in the woods just yesterday. Um, it's terrible, of course it is, but it's bet- It's something. So that's available on there. I'm now going to have a hard time trying to get Ziggy. Zig! To come back to the car. So one thing at the moment, he's found a bone, uh, which he is now devouring. Um... And to get him to leave that or even bring it to the car, it's going to be quite hard. So I'm going to have to sort of wait for him. Even offering a little treat, I don't think, will be enough. Because it's probably not enough for his... He'd rather have the bone, I think. Um, so in a moment, I will... Maybe before I get into the car, then I shall reveal some of these things. Because I can't drive anywhere. Ziggy! <whistles> Come! Rattling him a little treat. Here you go! No, not interested. Yeah, it'll seem if I drive off, wouldn't he? Um, come on, Zig! I will trust that he'll come shortly. In the meantime, I shall look on the phone to find out some answers. So I don't necessarily repeat the question. There's one question I might repeat, because I've had two answers to this. And it's a question that's been asked twice, which is appropriate that it's been asked twice, so therefore there's two answers. Let's focus on that one first of all. So, ah, he's coming now. Zig! Come in! So, a bit of interruption from Ziggy as he hopefully comes over. Come here, Ziggy, look! Got stuff here for you. So, bear with me as I so effectively multitask. He's coming over now. So, come on, Ziggy, come here. Um, in a minute, I shall be giving you the main question I'm going to be giving you an answer towards. Is, of course, well, why do woodpeckers peck wood? Sorry, look at Ziggy. Why do woodpeckers peck wood? Let's go back to have a look at the answers coming in. So, um, I had I had answered the que- asked the question twice because second time again I was hearing a woodpecker, again pecking wood, and wondered why I'd not had an answer for that. Well, actually, my main assistant came back to tell me that the woodpecker answer was sent on the second of March, so several days ago, but I'd never received it. So I go back to that one. Actually, no, I had to ask him to resend it, which he did do. So here we go. Ziggy, come here. I'm stopping again because Ziggy's coming. Come here, mate. Come on. Oh, oh my goodness. Let's get you in there. Um, and so in a moment I'll get inside. So he's in there. He's not brought the bone, interestingly. Maybe he's eaten it all. You can have that one bit there. Something there you can have. Closing this all down, getting into the car. I'm going to take my... And that will be my coat on. Um, getting into the car. So, before I reconnect to the car system, I shall stay on here for a moment. I'll probably finish these dancers. Um, and then I'll get into the car system. So, now allegedly, according to one answer, this is obviously from when you know, we're looking online, the woodpecker rapid knocking. So woodpecker rapid knocking 
The answer here is territorial ritual stroke attract mates. So that kind of makes sense, isn't it? You know, that you are saying this is where I am, like a dog would sort of piss on things and say this is my area, and also to attract mates. So that makes sense. However, I wasn't sure if that was. So interestingly, somebody else, another one of my maybe new core, core listenership, so thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll name that person as Ruth, for that's her name. I've got to go to WhatsApp for this one. And here I've got an answer saying, um, woodpeckers peck wood to get beetles and grubs to eat and to search for hollows in trees to nest. So that's two different answers, isn't it? Woodpeckers peck wood to get beetles and grubs to eat, so they're looking for food, and to search hollows in trees to nest. So that could be linking to the territorial bit, but it's not been there to signal. I mean, it seems the first answer before was it's there to signal something. It's a signal to others. So this is my patch, and if you want some, come and get it, kind of thing. That's the mating ritual. This answer suggests, well, actually, it's also, or instead, maybe it's both and. Maybe it's both answers are correct. Um, uh, this one suggests it's going to be looking for food and somewhere to stay. It's a nest, you see. So which is it? Is it one or the other, or is it most likely both and? So there you go. So that's that answer. Um, of course, my first correspondent, to go back to the messages there, has more answers than just that one. We're going to go through quite a few here then. So let's go back to the woodpecker one saying, um, apparently there was some mention there one of the Intercity 125. Well, apparently the train speed in, is, well, train speed in service. I'm not sure if it's still in service or not. I think it's not. But 148 maximum. So therefore I asked the question, I asked the question, so then why, why is it called Intercity 125? Is it because that was the sort of typical speed? I don't know. It was going to be going. I asked something about Rumbelows. Apparently, Rumbelows was sold to Radio Rentals in 1989. So it must have been probably in the early 80s, mid-80s, when it was the Rumbelows Cup. That was the League Cup, some reference to that, another one. And Tame, named after the River Tame. Well, River Thames. So, but then again, I'm trying to think... Does the River Thames go anywhere near Tame? And in which case then, if Tame is named after the River Thames, why is the River Thames called the River Thames? Or Thames? Thames. T-H-A-M-E-S. What, what, where does that name come from? Um, and Ice Cold, Nice Cold, yes, 1980s ad, indeed, for milk. So there we go. And then... Um, that was some other answers, yes. And also saying then, basically, I asked questions about... A woodchuck was in there as well. I think I mentioned, how many woods do the woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Apparently, a woodchuck, interestingly, is a groundhog. How about that, then? Refer you to the Wisdom of Groundhog Day, previous episode. It all links together. Um, and then the guess was that Robin Day, Sir Robin Day's favourite film, was Some Like It's Hot... The choice could have been between Some Like It Hot or Gone With The Wind. And the guess he's made here is Some Like It Hot. And yes, that is the correct answer. So on that note, we shall end that part and maybe pick up in a second on the drive home. Although I'm going to maybe see it. No, I'm gonna see, I was going to see if I can get a coffee somewhere, but no, I'm going to get a coffee back home. Save myself a couple of quid. 
I may drive past the place I would have got a coffee from to see it's open because it's a cafe. I'm wondering if it's doing takeaway. And on that note, I will pause and reconnect probably in a few minutes. So end of part one. Hello, and now we're back in the car. However, some hours have passed because I did get back in the car. I did attempt to record the second part at that point, but with one thing and another, it didn't quite work out. Mainly because if the phone goes whilst recording, then it just interrupts the recording, not surprisingly. So it's now late in the day. I'm just getting back in the car, having gone to a, a shop... Uh, to purchase some little bits and pieces, including light bulbs, creme fraiche, uh, tissues, and some wine, of all things. How about that for an afternoon shop? Um, and I'm going to pop into another shop before I head back home. Just recording this bit. Really, to kind of wind, wind this bit up. It's a, it's a short episode. Some answers and maybe some more questions. Maybe this next little bit, some more questions will emerge. Um... So, yeah, so earlier on, I, having got in the car, I did drive thinking, actually, I'm, I'm not too far from Pets at Home. I could get a lead just there and then, which I went to do and then discovered, with it being Sunday, that Pets at Home wasn't open yet and I wasn't prepared to wait around. So we left that. I left that. We left it because Ziggy was with me. Um, I did go to check out to see if the... The coffee shop that I alluded to, I think I alluded to in the first part, to see if it was indeed open. Um, it was open, so I'm pleased, because it's an independent coffee shop, so I'm quite pleased about that. And so they managed to keep going. Obviously, takeaway only, but they seem to have sandwiches et al. Sandwiches and other things. Um, as opposed to et al, which would be and colleagues, wouldn't it? So, And I do happen that stands for etalier. A-L-I-E-R-S as in and colleagues and others. Um, it's used in academic writing typically when you're writing different authors. Smith et al. and colleagues and co-authors. Um, so that was that. Yes, I had a bit back. A nice late breakfast. A bit of yoga. And um, been in a bit some pieces. So it's now lovely. I'm going to open the window a little bit here now. It's lovely afternoon. Going to get back and probably get in the garden a little bit, maybe. I'm not sure if I go as far as cutting the grass. Maybe. Maybe. Give it such a nice afternoon. Um, and uh, that's it, really. Nothing else. There's not, not a lot else to report at the moment. I can't see where else my... I suppose if I'm going to et al and, and colleagues, relating to another conversation I've had today with a colleague, um, who I shall call Lee... For that's his name. Um, we had a conversation about a few different things. Notably, in the context of this conversation, this this monologue, um, is regarding dissertations. So each year we would supervise a certain number of dissertations of master's level. So this is typically on the map, the Masters in Applied Positive Psychology. Um, as yet, I've not been asked to supervise a study or a project or a dissertation on the MUI, the Mental Health and Wellbeing Education Masters, but that's similar. Um, may well be in due course. This actually prompted me a couple of other thoughts there. So the comp what I was going to say is that so we supervise dissertations. 
it's quite challenging each year given the numbers are increasing I find I can manage quite easily with the students who are proactive and make contact with me and schedule meetings and so on the students who I need to chase well over the years I have tended to chase obviously not, not literally um, I, for some reason my head went to Duncan Norvell <laughs> whose who's catchphrase was chase me um, back in the day is he still going is he still performing still touring um, but we're talking about the 80s aren't we so we're talking about between you know nearly 40 years ago goodness me is he still going um, so that's one question is Duncan Novell still going is he still actively performing or is he no longer doing so um, but I don't chase the students um, and I need to be better really organised with those students so in conversation with Lee he has now devised or he's he's really got into Microsoft Teams and is using Teams in different ways so we're gonna he's already set up a team for his dissertation students he's gonna add me and mine into it and hope that will help with the engagement and, and contacting them and opportunity to discuss different ideas um, and also we're going to link that to two former students of ours who are very keen to take their dissertation work and turn it into a publication so we will be the et al on it they'll be first author and we'll be et al as being people who have contributed to part of the yeah part of the generate generative ideas so that's the plan hope we'll say more about those papers as and when they start to appear but for now, arriving back home at the end of a part two, I suspect there will be a part three coming tomorrow morning. Although tomorrow morning will be, and maybe I'll walk out this afternoon, get a bit of fresh air and add a part three. So until then, I say pause and I'll see you in the next part. And when I'm back for part three, even sooner than I thought, because I got back in the house and as I did, I realised I hadn't got one of the things I got out to get so it wasn't so much I'd forgotten about it well I, I in the shop I was first in they didn't have the particular kind of beer I was quite keen to get so I thought well on the way home I'll go to somewhere near the house and get that one um, and um, but then I forgot so I just went into uh, automatic pilot and just um, went home so I'm going to nip back out again so next few minutes now open the window again because it's very warm anything we can oh, okay, I was going to wrap up this like, discussion about your yeah, dissertations particularly two papers that might um, well be hopefully at the very well will, they will at the very least be submitted um, so two students from last year who finished dissertations um, one on um Basically, oh, it's hard to describe it. Um, I would say key key phrases are acceptance, commitment, therapy, known as ACT, is one part of it. Maybe some mindfulness linked with that. All applied to um, a kind of intervention or approach which would help people with chronic pain, basically. So that's one of our students from last year who we'll call Inga is based in Iceland so we believe that is very much a publishable piece of work so we're going to help her do that so then the first step to deciding which journal to submit to so that's where our next steps um, and then alongside it is another one which um, 
personally, I'm more, I'm more interested. Not that the first one's not interesting and absolutely very important, but in terms of personal interest topic, this is one um, by a student who we'll call Amanda, for that's her name. She was interested in looking at links between positive psychology and synchronicity. Um, so that's very interesting in terms of stuff I'm interested in. Um, and if I remember correctly, the title of her dissertation, and likely the title of the paper, will be something along the lines of, um, which I loved it, Meaningful Mutations of the Psyche. How about that? Meaningful Mutations of the Psyche. With the idea that um, it's kind of looking, as far as I remember, at how... Um, well, I can't remember actually, you know, it's probably the detail of it, the specifics. But making the case of, yes, yeah, I don't know, certain ways of thinking, certain ways of being are more likely to engender synchronistic experience. Uh, and I'm guessing if we're using the term meaningful mutations, then that links a little bit to um, kind of evolution. Anyway, it could be quite grand, but so again, this is very much a theoretical, in fact, they're both more theoretical papers, there's no... There's no new empirical data presented in either of them. So the first question is deciding where they will be submitted. So that's going to be important. So uh, with this Teams arrangement that Lee has very cleverly put together and hopefully I'll get involved with, it will help manage some of that and hopefully engender and help discussion rather than it all being through email and therefore slow down. That's the plan. So we are looking to become et al's on a couple of papers all part and parcel of, well, supporting the students to get their work out there and also in terms of, yeah, documenting the kind of work that we as a centre are doing at students as well as colleagues. So with all that in mind, going to finish that one off. And I'm just watching somebody, you know, I thought they were joining a long queue out of shop, so I've just been at a shop without to have long queues. I'm about to go to another shop. doesn't look there's any queues there, so that's fine. And it's reminiscent of early lockdown one, where you did have to queue to get into shops because they were minimising the number of people going in. Seems, seems strange to bring it back. But anyway, maybe that's because it's getting very busy. Um, well, anyway, so let's end that because that's long enough. This has been a bit of a, a non-episode a non in some respects. Some discussion of papers that may come up again in future ones. Maybe there'll be future conversations about synchronicity. Um, and but I'm sure I think there's any kind of final questions I can put on this just, just because in my head I was thinking this episode could be called Answers and Questions because part one was answers uh, and we haven't really asked many more questions in here and nothing particularly if I'm trying to search for a question it's usually not the same as one just cropping into my head Apart from to say, now looking over to my right and seeing the name Murray on the name of a road, it did make me think of yesterday, um, when I think it was just yesterday, when I was walking and talking about, no, it was more than yesterday, wasn't it? A couple of days ago. Um, it was when talking about, um, I mean, it was just yesterday, I can't remember. But it's the episode talking about, I think, um, Intercity 125. That may be in a woodpecker, one of the woodpecker ones. Um, and that was talking, that was because I then mentioned different um, 
different engines that one would have sought after as a Hornby model railways type thing back in the day. And I mentioned Flying Scotsman and the Mallard, for example, as two of those kinds, you know, iconic steam trains. Um, and interesting, on the drive back then, I stopped and looked out to my right and I was stood by Mallard Way. So I kind of remember there were, there were these nearby roads that have names based at, named after ducks and birds and so on. Uh, so that's interesting. Having just mentioned Mallard, I looked out and saw Mallard Way. That was kind of interesting. You know, that could in itself be a minor synchronicity. Very minor one, because you could argue that's a fairly non, non-consequential um, little coincidence. So when we talk about more impressive sounding synchronicities, they would link more to, um, to yeah, greater meaningful coincidences. And I'm sure on an, on an earlier episode, I did ask the question, who coined the term synchronicity? So I won't bother asking that one again. I've already asked that one. Um, we could ask, um, like, so we see, so if we go from Young, oh, well, give you the answer, haven't I? Young, Carl Young, um, so C.G. Young, so that's one question would be, what was Carl Young's middle name? So I do know that one, but I'd like to get some questions I don't know the answers to, but Carl Young's middle name is one question. Um, he was obviously very much associated with Sigmund Freud, before a bit of a falling out. And in fact, interesting, one of the best, um, one of the most interesting, t- yeah, I'll leave you this question. It's a synchronicity one. Um, so in the discussions about synchronicities, I think, anyway, I have to check back in terms of um, the context of this alleged conversation. I think it's one that Young tells. He may even tell it in his um, kind of seminal paper on synchronicity. In the 19, I want to say 1953 again, I'm not quite, I'm not sure the date. Um, but the title of a paper or a monograph called Synchronicity and A Causal Connecting Principle. I think in that paper, he then talks about of the conversation with his colleague and mentor at one time, Sigmund Freud, talking about, I think, particularly um, interpreting one of Jung's patient's dreams um, and telling him about the fact that. Um, Ah, tell him about this dream where in the dream the the client the patient had been who was, was quite stuck in the position quite kind of wasn't able to move forward in whatever situation she was in was describing a dream about a scarab beetle so there was something of, of a motif of a scarab beetle in this dream at which point during the therapy session there's a sort of slight tapping at the window as though something wants to be let to come in or go out, I can't remember what it was now, but tapping at the window. And on investigation, they discovered it was something like a scarabayed beetle or something, a, a kind of the nearest type of beetle you'd get to a scarab beetle in those parts. So it was deemed as being a very interesting, meaningful coincidence to suggest that at the point of talking about this dream about a scarab beetle, a scarab-type beetle's trying to get into the window. That's a coincidence. It's quite meaningful. It's synchronicitous. And the idea may be in therapy, you would use that to explore that apparent meaningfulness. What would that mean to the... You know, how important was this dream? And this dream was particularly important. Something to really give us some attention to. So I think the conversation between Jung and um, 
so that's one <laughs> the question I was going to ask was going to be what was the type of beetle but I've just told you that the story though when um Young is apparently talking to Freud about this they're sort of having a heated argument about it I think Young arguing there was a bit of meaning bit of a kind of something worth exploring and I think uh, Freud less so and they got quite heated discussion about it and then during that conversation then something happens which they talk or at least Young talk to be quite synchronicitous there was a loud crack or something in the nearby bookcase you know something that apparently couldn't have been a noise made normally um, and Young took that again to be a sign that this was not a sign of their kind of very different viewpoints and having an impact on the environment around them. Something like that. So I suppose not dissimilar from what might be described as poltergeist-type activity. Who knows? So the question I have to ask you is, which I've now got nothing left because I was going to ask you what type of beetle was mentioned in this dream. Um, we've talked about synchronicity. And it makes me, because of note that mentions dreams, I suppose that comes back to the conversation with Lee, which was talking in part about a module we are running tomorrow. Um, and I'm actually not going to end it with a question then. <laughs> I think I'm going to move towards a joke. Using the word joke in inverted commas, or at least loosely termed. So I said to Lee, though, if we're going to be talking about... So I think in the context of tomorrow's session for EHE, it's going to be around hypnosis, meditation and dreams... These are all kind of examples of what might be described as altered states of consciousness in different contexts. Um, and dreams is something we'll talk about then. So we mentioned there a bit about Jung and his interpretation of dreams. Of course, Freud is very well known as thinking that, I believe the phrase was, he regarded dreams to be the royal road to the unconscious. You know, that if you interpret your dreams, you understand better your unconscious and so on. Um, or the unconscious. Which makes me wonder, because it's interesting, because this, and here's the joke, folks, I'm signing up for you, I'm setting up for you. I had a dream last night that I was eating a giant marshmallow, and when I woke up, my pillow was gone. You see? Pillow was gone. And I do remember telling that joke to a group of students some years ago, it usually always gets groans, um, but oh, oh God, yeah. And then one person at the front of the group just looked up and said, they're so... So where was your pillow then? So kind of missed the point. Anyway, on that note, I will say goodbye. End of this episode, and I may leave it a day or two before recording another one. Maybe we'll actually have something to say. You might think it's not stopped me before, so why should it stop me now? Good point. Bye.